Welcome everybody to the first ever episode of the Making of a Puppet podcast and we are so excited today to, to gather with a couple of, of wonderful people who we'll introduce in a minute. The concept behind this podcast is we've been working with these unbelievably beautiful creatures called puppets over the last um, six years, give or take, before starting this podcast. And what we've found through puppets is that they are a species that allow us as human beings to head into imaginative playgrounds. They are an imaginative portal. They're a gift, they're a tool, and they remove us from our literal attachment to our identity and can take us to a much higher plane of, of thinking and movement. The other beautiful thing about working with puppetry and in that world of imagination is you get the chance to, to move ideas and to dance and to play um, and to play for keeps, to play for the most serious of reasons. The other anchor point behind the philosophy of this podcast is the um, Indigenous systems which I've been lucky to be connected to throughout my life as an Aboriginal person from Australia it, one of the processes we've built into our relations and how we build relations is a totem mapping or a message stick um, mapping process where you, you can either carve into a message stick or you carve into story a way of building those relations. So it's much richer than um, our MOU models which then you, know, you sign on a piece of paper or, or they disappear then to the bottom of a filing cabinet that no one ever sees again. So what we thought could be our modern message stick to work with was the puppets. And so this series is going to go about connecting with some of the beautiful systems thinkers that we're working with. And we're going to make a puppet together. Um, and we're going to have that puppet as our constant message stick, our beacon of storytelling and our way of, of enlivening the relationship. So the partnership is never hidden away um, at the bottom of a, a set of drawers, but it's alive all the time. And we're always breathing life into it, thinking intentionally about this being that we're responsible for, which finally rounding it all out lands us in a place where hopefully it reinvigorates our custodial nature as a species. So yes, puppets can do it all. And we're so excited on our first episode to, to be here with Johnny Mayer and Jacqueline Twilley. Um, Johnny working as a, in, a, in a playground with Ethic that you, you might have um, heard Johnny talk to us before in the making of a hoodie podcast. Um, who knows what will be next, you know, the making of a country podcast. And then we've got Jacqueline Tilly who <laughs> works as the CEO of, of Zero Gap and then also we're so lucky that Jacqueline wears another hat and spends her time as a co-CEO with AIM so I'm very, very lucky to work with Jacqueline as well. So Jacqueline, how are you today? Fantastic. It's a chilly day and just warm enough to be out and hang out with you all. Awesome. Johnny, how are you traveling? Uh, I'm doing well. I have uh, escaped New York and the cold weather, and I'm in, currently in Mexico. Uh, Jacqueline's probably a little bit upset because I'm usually with her in the New York office, but I'm doing exceptionally well. It's nice to take a break from from the city you're living. Tell us, um, tell us, Johnny, about the the experience that you had, how you got to know AIM. Unpack a bit of a broader story, and then. Tell us about the reveal that we um, we gave to you last year, because in this this program we've actually already created a puppet. Um, we made one in a journey as a um, as a way to provide that gift to, to sort of anchor our relationship. But give us a sense as to how you've got to know AIM, come to come into the world. Give us a sense about the broader story of where you've been with um, 
the financial playgrounds and your history and your journey with that to getting to ethics. So please take some time and, and just, just paint a picture of your journey. And then if you can take us into the Imagination Factory to round that out last year and just what it was like when when this um, this this puppet was revealed. And yeah, so spin a yarn for us, mate. This, this may take some time because it's it's quite a story journey. Uh, and <laughs> you know, the relationships are by nature inefficient, but from that seemingly wasted time, that's where we've got love and joy and knowledge and intelligence. And so if you're listening and you think, oh, well, this is going on a little bit, this is where the magic is. Um, so please take all the time that you need and waste it as much as possible because we know it's never a waste. Well, I'll check in to make sure I'm, uh, I'm not boring anyone. But our, our, my, my original connection with AIM was obviously through you, Jack. We had a, a mutual friend, and before we had ever met, I went onto the website and was extremely uh, excited and interested about all the work you were doing, and so just followed and looked at all of the YouTubes available, listened to podcasts and saw everything that was going on and it was just like I was really excited and just the, the feeling of like uh, wow I want to be involved or some somehow this is even before we met and then speaking to you for the first time um, I think we went in about 150 different directions over the space of about an hour and a half and my feeling coming out of that was I've got so much to learn and I'm very excited about this I have no idea where this is going I, um, but I'm just excited to spend more time. And I think we, we ended up um, sharing uh, a number of different conversations, uh, not really uh, talking about anything in particular, but just following, um, uh, pulling the thread and following and just yarning, um, which, which led us to our, uh, probably our first sort of smaller project of doing, uh, which was uh, A Night in Imagination, where you asked me to be a, uh, to help um, uh, bring along and just sort of help design, uh, be a small part of that design, and that was just such a freeing and wonderful experience. Where um, no matter whatever you brought up or whatever direction you would take, it was just met with so much joy. Um, in that moment, I think that was when I, I knew there was something very special with AIM and everyone involved. Whereas very. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's one of the values, but there's no judgmental. Is it felt like pure creativity. Um, a lot of uh, companies will talk about vulnerability and will talk about um, uh, creativity and, and, and trying to create a safe environment, um, but it's actually really hard to do. And in that moment, I felt completely safe and just could bring up anything. And and that was, I think, um, ha having that feeling and, and getting to spend time with the crew um, really just it made me even more excited to be able to see what would happen. Uh, we then spent a lot of <laughs> time together just meeting many of the crew, uh, whether it was like uh, Benny or PJ, um, jumping in conversations or Penny, um, and didn't really know who they were or where they were coming in, but it just felt so ex so exciting just to chat through various things. Just drop into this, come to a, a, an all-team meeting, share your story, um, and I think uh, along that journey I just um, uh, was inspired um, by everyone at AIM 
uh, and excited on how ways I could learn to be uh, more open and more creative and to see what could be uh, what could be shared or what what things I could learn and share with um, with my team um, we then spent a bit of time in Australia and then um, uh, together, which w- which was lovely. And then uh, the crew all the while trying to design a new country for the world. So that was sort of the thread that was bringing us to get back together. Was how do we design this digital country called Imagination? And and that was really probably the most emergent. You know, that the night in Imagination story helped anchor the design around the the, um, the country. But yeah, we were lucky enough to have you in Australia, Johnny, for a period of time. And so we had this time where we could go into these really deep weaves and yarns and asking the biggest possible systems questions, like how do you build a country? And then if you're gonna play in the internet in this intersection of Web3 and you know offer an alternative to some of these social platforms, what do we do, where do we go through? And so yeah, we were navigating like designs with death or you know how do you pattern economies together? How do you get a return on relations? Like. How do you not have distraction economies? Like all these monstrous questions, we were kind of just <laughs> yeah, we were just yarning about that. Like uh, I, I, it felt like every other day we were jumping into design sessions and just letting everything emerge. Uh, and it was, uh, I think, very, it, it was uh, very fun to be part of that process and just so open. And then I just remember every day I had like a notebook and I would come away with some profound. Uh, question um, and, and or idea or, or design and and we were constantly thinking and drawing patterns and sharing and then also the thing I loved about it was um, making that available and communicating it as we were designing that was very um, very unique a lot you know a lot of the time you'll try and design something and then you know show the person the the end product but being able to do that and communicate which would then bring up other ideas and which was so fulfilling, I think. I think for everyone involved, and really exciting. And we we got we got to spend yeah a lot of time uh, during that period of time and learning a lot. Um, and that sort of kicked off, I guess, the next um, the next piece, which was we're, we're also talking about um, you know not only design but ways that we can bring in organisational design and what are the best ways to work and systems thinking around that which was also very, very exciting. Um, and then, uh, then uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure this was your idea, um, which was like, we're coming to New York. I think that was uh, definitely. Well, you said, yeah, I've been thinking about this nature fund for a while. And, and that's, you know, the, you guys have been sort of circling it. And um, yeah, like I like ideas moving into action pretty quickly. So the moment someone shares a good <laughs> idea with me, I'm like, okay, how to accelerate this thing? Um, and so we'd sketch some concepts and we were sort of playing around like places. And, and at the same time, you were building a relationship with Tyson Young Porter and, and this sort of like um, wild, like triangle, like energy was sort of building around the three of us and, and, and Tyson and I were engaging more deeply and the knowledge labs were spinning up and we were looking at a bunch of other projects as well and sort of between Imagination and the Nature Fund we started to have these two concentric circles that were weaving together like you know you, if you're going to change your relationship with nature you have to change human nature and to shift human nature we felt like we had the network and then with Tyson the gang you've got this knowledge lab system that could look at impact and swing back around and so that loop or that um, constant sort of vortex was moving and all in movement and yeah, you were like, well, 
you know, yeah, I've got this, the nature fund's moving really good. Cool, well, let's move along then and let's get, you know, let's get our gang out to New York. So, yeah, we, we organised that trip and we wanted to hammer getting this country built. So we set up, yeah, the $100 million fund for us to get going. So that was our sort of quest to start to meet investors. And Tyson, you know, and myself and, and I think yourself included, Johnny, wanted to see how Indigenous systems thinking could save the world. So it was, let's accelerate this. and. And then we landed in the ethic office, um, and that might be a good time to bring you in, Jacqueline, who had, you've been on your own journey um, to to find your way into the <laughs> aim world. And then you know we're, we're in the ethic office there. So before we get to the reveal of, of, the, of the puppet that we've created, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about your journey, like how you'd found your way into um, the world of aim and and what it was like. Um, yeah, how you got into the ethic office, like through our work together. And what that week was like, you know, when you when the troop arrived, you know, just because we've talked a lot about it, but yeah, please share it with the people who are listening. So, Mike's over to you, Jacqueline. Go for a wonder. Yeah, it was pretty awesome when I learned about AIM right around five years ago. I was having a, a birthday coffee with a friend who had flown from New York to Dallas, Texas, which is where I was living, and we were talking about life reflections as my favorite thing to do on my birthday is reflecting over the past years and my mentors came up quite a bit in that conversation and Purvis stopped me mid-conversation and he's like I gotta introduce you to this guy he started this organization um, out in Australia and he's phenomenal and every time you say mentor I just think about Jack so um I thought that it was just one of those things that we Americans do where we say, oh, I'm going to introduce you to somebody, yada, 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 and it never happens. But two hours later, there's an email from him to you, and um, probably like a week later, you and I are on a virtual chat, and you're kind of getting to know each other, and I'm telling you my story, and I think I even sent over like a short video of who I was. And you're like, well, um, I think we vibe, uh, checked you out. And next month, we're chartering a plane from L.A. to Sydney. Come hang out with us. Um, and I thought you were crazy. I was like, what? You weren't alone. Me, me, I was crazy. That was one of the craziest things we've ever done. But carry on. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, so yeah, I, I guess I was crazy too because I cleared what I had to do and the next month I hopped on a plane with about almost 300 other folks um, and flew over for the Festival of Mentors and really just connected with AIM on such a deep level because I had the experience of my life of mentors being guideposts um, and no one saving me but them just kind of helping me out and mentoring me. Um, I understood exactly like what you all were doing and I wanted it to be in America. And that was my first impression. So fast forward, you and I stayed in contact. Uh, quite a few of the team members, we stayed in contact. Brindo was like one of the people that I really had an instant connection with on that plane from LA to Sydney. And then, uh, I don't know, like a few years back, you sent me an email and you're like, hey, come work with us on a project for this month. Our like one month and that turned into a few years so back in 2021 I decided I was moving to New York and my time in Dallas Texas was up so we're on a zoom and I'm telling you about my move 
and mid-Zoom, you're like, hold on, let me call my mate. And you call Johnny in the middle of that call and like, hey, Johnny, Jacqueline, um, she works with us. She's moving to New York. She needs like a spot in like community. Can she sit in ethics office? Um, and I hadn't met Johnny, hadn't heard of Johnny before. I, like I had heard in passing Johnny Mayer, but not like enough to like know who he was. So Johnny agrees without knowing me, just yeah, straight up. So my first week in New York and actually my entire experience living in New York has been so phenomenal because of Rebecca, Kellen, Johnny, like really just kind of welcoming me in and, and showing me the ropes. And fast forward, our crew comes out in 2022 and everyone lands in New York from different places. Ermin came from Kenya, Steph Beck's here, you arrive, PJ's here, Artie comes, um, I meet Art for the first time, and PK, it, it was been the whole list, the whole crew, right? Um, complete explosion of energy, like the highest vibrations that you want when you have good people around, so much excitement and enthusiasm about what we're gonna do together, but also one of the great things that you do, Jack, is leave space for emergence, for things to unfold. And so that cultivated, that just created these beautiful, magical moments of like, I can't believe we just had another amazing moment. We already had one of the peak life moments that we can have and we just had another one. Yeah, called it, there's a theatrical term um, called a happening, like when you just, you put the pieces and you let it just become, it becomes a happening. And yeah, it was happening that week, you know, it wasn't it Johnny, the, you know, that session that you, me and Tice and PK got to be in. Do you want to share a little bit of that and, and also reflect on what it was like meeting Jacqueline and this process of unlikely connections that we started to just like kind of throw you away, like fire hydrant, here's an unlikely connection, here's an unlikely connection. Yeah, take us into that room in the process of kind of reflecting on meeting Jacqueline and, and looking back on that week, because I, I look on that week as, maybe one of the more important weeks of my life, I think, that I'll ever be able to be a part of. I felt like some things moved tectonically, that we started to open some doors, that things will change quite dramatically. And yeah, it felt very lucky to be together. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I would say, uh, a, definitely a highlight, um, uh, not only of that year, but I think of, uh, of my life, it's just so fun. We were just having such a good, good, uh, good group of people together in the office. So much energy. Um, but then also we had there was a lot of work that was being done, whether they were in um, sessions all together uh, outside of the office. But then um, you know um, yourself, uh, Jack Tyson, and PK like meeting a bunch of um, you know our our investors and, and really taking the indigenous knowledge systems, um, the, the nation, um, uh, imagination, and all of these big ideas and concepts to people that uh, live in a very structured world. Um, I think the, 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 what was most exciting was, um, maybe it was the roller coaster of thinking of what they were, they were thinking, but it was just actually the engagement of what these ideas and what was happening and, and people supportive and excited about a new way of looking at um, the world. And I think that that to me was like such a huge, um, huge moment uh, 
uh, to experience, I think, in person and also very exciting about what's happening with imagination and, and, and the investment and, uh, and, and going forward from there. And I think just just every, uh, all the time we got to spend, whether it was upstate, whether it was in a room, whiteboarding, whether it was, you know, out walking the city was just, um, was just all about learning and, and like just building those relationships. Like, I mean, some of the things are probably more, more of the things that I really enjoyed were the sillier things. Like when it was raining in the morning and I'm like, oh, how are we going to get to work? And Jack's like, oh, let's just, we'll still ride. And then so it was pouring down rain and we're riding into work. We get there completely, uh, completely soaked. I didn't have any clothes, but Jack had a bunch of spare clothes and he goes, these are yours now. And I'm still wearing those purple pants. Um, but it was just really fun. We had a lot of those different moments. Uh, and then also meeting, um, you know, uh, obviously Jacqueline, we'd, we'd, we'd met just a little, um, we'd, we'd spoken on the phone, but we hadn't really met in person. Till then, then Artie, as well. Um, oh, just bringing so much love and uh, and life, and then with PJ uh, and the rest of the gang, it was just so much fun. And then I remember, I remember this very, uh, very clearly, was uh, the first time Hope came out, uh, and that was, you know, I am a. Um, uh, a puppet novice. So Professor Hope, for, for those that, that don't know Professor Hope, is the puppet that I work with. And um, the other great thing that puppets afford for human beings and for those of us that are um, lucky or unlucky enough to find themselves in some form of leadership position is you can escape the hero's journey. And I think that's what Jim Henson did so brilliantly and, and so many of those puppeteers is... Um, you you can disappear as the figurehead and, and I've been looking for that freedom to escape, you know, that desperation to position the founder mentality or the hero or hold someone up. Like I just kind of like doing the work and disappearing into a corner ideally and being on a stage or telling stories, like I can do it, but I, I, it was quite energy taxing. But when I could disappear as Hope, this, um, this professor I work with, then we had ourselves a ball game and Professor Hope and some of our puppets um, are professors that work out of Imagination University, so that's a real university that we run. And so, yeah, we brought Professor Hope along with me, and I brought Professor Hope out, like when some people came in, and yeah, so Johnny is reflecting on that first moment that Professor Hope came out of the out of the box. Yeah, and I, I think the uh, seeing people's interactions uh, with with Professor Hope uh, was just like. For me, just it completely switched. Like you saw people become uh, like childlike and engaging, and 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 big smiles, and then you know, uh, and I thought that was like something where I, I remember uh, Case K's uh, daughter was in the office and she was drawing, and we were doing some you know painting together, and just how uh, how kids just it becomes very natural and then adults sometimes feel a little a little like awkward or not knowing how to interact and that awkwardness I think brings a lot of uh, good interesting energy but that was like a, that was definitely a, uh, a, a big highlight. Take us to um, to October we're in Australia for the opening of Ames Imagination Factory and we're going full throttle now on the build of imagination we're laying out the um, $100 million fund that we want to secure in the next 12 months. We brought people in from around the world. Our team are there from around the world. 
um, we've managed to, to, to nudge you a few times to be like, come on Johnny, get on the plane, last minute you're coming out and you're on the stage, um, there's a stacked, we've, so our imagination factory, we've taken over an old cinema complex in um, Sydney, Australia. There's four cinemas, you walk in, there's like, we had an ambulance we just bought and reconverted. We were converting into an imagination embassy, so people are painting it, there's DJs, like, it's there's a lot of stimulus going on, you know, and then we built a big ceremony journey to walk in, we did shadow puppetry, we had Dig and DJ, we had like big story to, to move some people, a huge dance performance um, with Wanaga Blanco and, um, and, and a couple of our puppeteers. So, really we built the, the energy up in the room and then you get called on the stage to announce you know our partnership or to, to, to really keep firming our partnership to work together on imagination and, and the work we're doing um, talk us through one that moment what it felt like to, to walk up there and then tell us what happened um, and 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 take us into the place where the reveal of, of this puppet sort of came out for you so just describe that moment and um, and take us through your journey walking on the stage and then through to walking off stage. Well, yeah, I mean, it'd been such a build, big build-up, even landing into, uh, I, like, in true form, uh, I sort of only decided, like, I wanted to come, but I was like, oh, I've got so many things on and only decided to come and organise it, like, the, uh, a few days before. Flew in and just being a whole part, of being part of and just seeing the uh, Imagination Factory come to life was just amazing. And then on that particular day, um, just meeting so many um, uh, of the AIM crew and supporters and, and people uh, there was just, I, it felt very special. And I, I, I actually felt very lucky because I got to bring my mum um, my along. She was in, in town as well, and so she got to meet everyone, which Jan, uh, and, and she got to meet everyone of the crew. And then the, all the performances performance was amazing, and then I'd sort of been tipped off that, hey, you may have to get up on stage uh, as well. Um, uh, getting up there, I'm obviously uh, being on stage is not my, uh, is, is not my safe place. Um, but uh, Jack ushered me up there and made me feel very comfortable and then uh, there was a big uh, reveal and I was asked to close my eyes and and then uh, uh, upon opening them uh, the most magnificent um, uh, I think puppet ever created uh, Professor Ethic was revealed and just uh, shock uh, excitement um, uh, just joy I think not only from myself but everyone in the crowd to see uh, just how beautiful uh, Professor uh, Ethic and how unique and I think just really um, encompasses I think everything you could hope um, uh, for um, as, you, uh, as you walked off the stage from that moment and you're kind of walking down was there a dialogue or a, or a set of sentences often walking off a stage I have a few things that kind of play back um, when you walked off and sat in the seat, do you remember like any of the internal sentences that wandered through your mind? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, with most of the things I'm doing, it's like, how how do you end up here, and how and now am I like uh, responsible for <laughs> this, uh, uh, the you know, bringing to life this puppet, and just like I couldn't, uh, yeah, it was like it was very unbelievable. Uh, and I also think, like, um, the, the first thing my mum said to me was, um, uh, 
professor ethic uh, reminds me of you, looks just like you, which, um, <laughs> um, but it was just such a beautiful uh, and, and such a creative experience where I just couldn't have thought, um, you know, we'd chatted about it a little bit, but in terms of um, some of the design components, but I just never thought, uh, like, that idea and and the and having you know small conversations and like long-term conversation for that to become something and and represented within such a perfect um, uh, manifestation of that which was professor i think it just felt uh, yeah i felt a bit of responsibility <laughs> yeah i think that's yeah. the intention isn't it like you sign an mou or something sometimes it disappears but if you can bring to life your relationship like in a form of life, like puppets are alive for me. It's one of the things that I was lucky to be taught by um, Heath and Vanessa, who have been great shepherds of our puppetry journey, who work with us so closely. Like they're, they're not a joke, you know, and I think that's what's so important about this journey now. Like you, you, you see the level of work that we've gone through. We're not going to roll these out for everybody. Like this is the deepest form of ceremony that AIM can come up with in an imaginative playground using the best of former systems, modern systems, and our own take on things to go, this is a beam, and this is, you know, for all intensive purposes, a form of a totemic beam that that, ta- that brings us together, and what life will we bring to it? And having that responsibility, I think, it, it enlivens, you know, apart from bringing a child in the world together, like a connection to another entity, that's when we start to move relations in a really healthy way, and we can move past competitiveness, and we can actually... I think tap into systems sort of thinking around it. Jacqueline, you were in the crowd. What was it like when um, when you saw Prof Ethic? Can you remember, um, yeah, your first take or the energy that was in the audience? Yeah, the energy was phenomenal. After Wani's performance, everyone was moved, some people to tears. It was a deeply emotional moment where people kind of came to themselves. So then to hear you and Johnny's conversation on the stage and to see Professor Ethic presented, it was a really exciting moment. It's almost like one of those, um, if you're at a birthday party and confetti pops out, it's one of those like, yes, and everyone's celebrating. Um, I could see a few people around me and their faces were lighting up. You could see the joy in their eyes. So it was it was so incredible. And it even went on further um, after that session. I wanted to know, Jack, what was it like for you to present Professor Ethic to Johnny? Yeah, so uh, I I was, you know, when you've got a party trick and, and you, you know, you're curating something, you're like um, hopeful that it's going to live up to it. And I think that's the fun part, like just going, yeah, this we're making magic here. You know, I, I love playing with magic with story and being in those spaces where you just really unleash joy and you can feel like... You, you can see in your face, Johnny, the wonder. Like, and that's, if, if I can do that, like, once a day, once a lifetime as a contribution to planet Earth, like, that's why we play in imaginative playgrounds, like, to just really take people into the, the deep world of the wonderful. Um, and I knew from our relationship together, working together today and what we grounded in, that the prof ethic was not going to be a toy or, or, or a prop. And that's where I, I was excited as well. It's like, this is a really, like, it felt right as a marker. Um, so I was also stoked to get into his hands to just go, all right, well, let's be accountable for this thing. You know, let's have something that then is going to go back to New York and it's going to force us to keep coming back being like, what do we do with this professor? And 
And I think that's been what I'd love to kind of go into um, some of the things that have happened immediately to just look at some of the patterns we've inherited with story. Because I think, you know, the prof ethic then lands back in New York and, and then there becomes these questions like, who owns professor ethic? Um, who has the IP of professor ethic? Like, who's the puppeteer of professor ethic? And very quickly, you know, how do we utilize this tool? And I think that must have been interesting for both of you to kind of explore. So. Yeah, what was it like bringing Prof Ethic back to the team? Maybe Johnny, you can reflect on that. And then Jacqueline, maybe you can um, take us into the conversation we had about you working a bit more closely with Professor Ethic. So Johnny, go for it first and then Jacqueline, jump in. Yeah, I mean, I think initially it actually started uh, back in Australia because we had some of the team visiting as well. And... um, and when Vanessa was talking through the process of creation, I think that was like, uh, you know, we, we always talk about something at Ethic, which is like, don't worry about the outcome, enjoy the journey. That's what really what matters. And then I think uh, Vanessa talking through like the process of creating Ethic and how, you know, she wasn't quite sure. She's like, this is pretty crazy. I don't, not sure if this is going to work out. Like I'm going, and then for it to, for, for like to the end, the process of her, her creating that was just, it was just so lovely and, um, and actually quite emotional, uh, listening to, to her talk through that, um, that, that story and understanding where, um, the energy that went into creation, like it felt even more special. I think being able to share that with um, Kellen, with Rebs, and, and of course my mum, sort of felt, um, uh, yeah, it felt very, very special and that, that, that we had to do something and we have to do something um, extraordinary with Pr- Professor Ethic. Um, th- there's a lot of, uh, and coming back, there's a lot of um, uh, mystique and curiosity and you know we have I think we're just getting started you know we're obviously talking about all the ways um, that uh, Professor Ethic can have an impact and so I think on the surface the team are just very excited about the potential Um, they've started to create um, uh, a few of the team members uh, Lily and Rebs and uh, and Kathy uh, a place for uh, for Professor Ethic to live, a habitat, um, uh, and and you know, and thinking about all the different ways that we can tell stories. So, um, with our studio in Ethic and things like that, thinking about uh, what's next. Um, and so, yeah, there's still a lot of mystique, and we're, we're we're excited for you know what we're going to to do this year. Yeah, there's a lot of excitement about Professor Ethic's habitat. Jack, last summer we were at the Museum of Moving Images and we were going through the Henson exhibit and just kind of joking. And I remember at one point that week, you were like, oh, we should probably um, get you into puppeteering. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And I think we just kept walking about New York. It was a nice summer day. So when you, um, you messaged me one day to have a chat, um, I was like, oh, this is coming back up again. It was really interesting, and I was curious and also extremely nervous because this is not, like, a skill set that I've trained in and not something that I could have imagined for myself, like, 
participating in before, but also know that it's a great responsibility. So my niece, Madison, absolutely adores Professor Hope. And there is a lot, um, she has high expectations. She has so curious about Professor Hope and, and you, Jack, um, that you are extended family members of hers and no one can tell her differently. So I instantly thought about Madison, like, oh, I have to really learn the skill and get involved. So to have the opportunity to be trained by Heath and Vanessa and hearing how passionate Vanessa was and creating Professor Ethic, how she says that she was just kind of swept up in it and she couldn't stop and she kept adding bits and like her vision just kind of emerged and it's so special. And you can tell with all of the details that she put into Professor Ethic that it was like a true gift of love and excitement. And anytime she talks about any of the, the puppets, she has like so much joy, but I personally think when she talks about this um, this puppet, Professor Ethic, I think it's a, a different um, element because she got to hear stories in the process of thinking of who Professor Ethic would be and talking to the Ethic team. It really just gave her this energy of these two partnerships starting to merge. So with me working more closely with Professor Ethic, um, and sitting inside of Ethics office every day. It is like an extension of me being a team member, which I already feel so welcome to be in their space. It is also like a, a participation of the gift that I get to help bring this gift alive for all of my friends here in the office and the, the wider community. We've now got Professor Ethic, who's you know, broadly, um, you know, in, in the Imagination University troupe now, like, so we've got a, you know, an, another member of the professors and one of the things which has been really important for us is to, um, and, and you both touched on it in different ways, and this has been a lot by learning. You know, there's definitely where, where I wasn't. I wasn't here 20 years ago with AIM. But now I just, you know, we've got 10 years left for those of you that have sort of dug into the AIM story, that the clock starts ticking on an intentional death strategy for us to regenerate health, um, to pass on knowledge and to leave tools behind. And we're very serious about this being aimed being a lab for humanity for the next decade to try and solve some of the challenges of our time. And you don't just solve challenges and then make everything okay. You have to share the processes. So then the processes can then be applied so our systemic design is healthier. And if you can leave behind tools as well, then we got ourselves a ball game. Um, and so that's what we're really fascinated in. So where we'd like to... Um, offer for Professor Ethic to, to commence their journey is to be part of the knowledge project that we're working on. So I think we set Professor Ethic a, a first assignment from the university, which is to look at the health of the ocean. And I think bringing together a team of writers um, from across, you know, I think yourself, Jacqueline, and then Johnny and a couple of other people, whether it's Rebs or whoever you think might be the, the key group of Unlikely Connections by Five, but then a, the research people. That are, so if you focus on the research first of Ethic, then we can worry about whether where the platforms are, you know, Epic TV or, you know, jumping onto wherever, like make feature film, blah, blah, blah. All, the technical um, process will come out. But I think looking at processes like what you've described, how do you build a world, you know, for a puppet? What a beautiful design experience that we would be such a rich thing. I'd love to know what Rebs and the team are going through to think about making space. How do you make space for a puppet? How do you make space for a person? The processes are exactly the same. How do you make space for other species? And 
that done as a rich case study becomes a really strong nugget of knowledge that's not only valuable within our organisations but for lots of other people to, to work towards. So I think if we set that blog as the emergent process, then we'll stack different um, story arcs or things off the back of that. And yeah, I think the other one is this seaweed hoodie we've been working on, which would be great for Professor Ethic to research and capture the case study of that to be like, cool, this is this is where we've got to, and that could be another um, beautiful writing project. And it might be something that Jacqueline, where all of our team, Johnny, this year are, are going to do a research project um, that they're focused on, and perhaps Jacqueline, this could weave into your research project as just rep Prof Ethic and work on the knowledge and the, the final thing I'll say and then I'll just shut up and you guys can, either of you can jump in, but I think Jacqueline, the really important for me thing for me with casting our suite of puppeteers, so we brought a bunch of people in to do puppet training in Australia at the start of this year and Jacqueline, you were one of them as you know and um, when I spoke to the team and we were gathered in the Imagination Factory, I'm not interested in puppet, puppetry technique first, I'm not interested in the skill, I want knowledge, you know, I want us to work with giving skill of puppetry to people who already have knowledge and you have rich knowledge Jacqueline are a wonderful guide and mentor and that's why I think you 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 present a really rich custodian to be able to shepherd prof ethics early life and then hope you know potentially pass them to someone else and we build it and the beauty of puppetry is that um, I think in our troop we can be flexible and we don't have to always own we don't none of us have to own you know the the character like hopefully at some point Prof Hope can go and bounce into someone else's hands and we can keep moving moving it around. So, um, yeah, that's that's the sort of vision we're looking towards in this next little bit. Yeah, I, I love that. I think also it just lends itself really well to a lot of the research that we do uh, and the interconnectivity of the stories that we can tell. You know, there's so much of um, the health of the ocean is interconnected to... Uh, different behaviors and things that are happening and so in being able to connect those uh, sometimes they feel like connections that um, are unnecessarily uh, direct but but actually have a huge effect and um, you know part of our research process is like looking into all of these different uh, sustainability issues finding the the root causes and interconnectivity and so uh, that's really exciting for us to be able to uh, uh, to do that and I think the team uh, like a lot of the team will be jumping at the bit to to do that research and storytelling. Well, and then I think it really simply weaves into say you know, Epic TV, which which you all have worked up so well. We've got a segment on ocean health, brought to you by Professor Ethic and Aim and Imagine, or, you know, Ethic and Imagination University, and it's just like, all right, just as Kermit goes out as an, as an investigative reporter. Prof Ethic can go out and when Jacqueline's in Australia we can shoot some stuff around the seaweed stuff and we can kind of, you know, you've got a roving reporter um, that can move around to different areas and, you know, if we want to do something at the Okavanga Delta we can, like, Prof Ethic can be flown over there, we can have a puppeteer that can work there and work on it and you've got yourself an investigative reporter to look at ocean health and I think that's where, um, if it's anchored in knowledge, we're, we're in a, we've got ourselves a good um, foundation. Yeah, that's one of the interesting threads of life as I was thinking about Professor Epic and the exploration of the ocean. I kind of thought back to my early childhood. I was maybe around 10 years old when I had these two mentors who were oceanographers who worked for NASA but lived not too far from my hometown. Like my city was the next biggest city. 
So I, I went through my notes and I had to call my mom and ask her like, hey, am I remembering this correctly? Like, did I know two black women oceanographers when I was a young kid? Like how rare was that to even know an oceanographer, but then a woman and also like the intersection of black women as well. And so I've been doing this deep dive, like, can I find these women and talk to them? And one of them reached out to me on LinkedIn a few years ago and I had the message from her. And it was a really like a full circle moment of my life is writing its own story. Like who in a million years could have scripted this? I'm trying not to get too emotional about it, but also the responsibility of helping to bring this puppet to life and tell the stories. It feels deeper for me at this stage, um, having that connection. Oh, that is, that makes me like smile in the deepest possible way. and. Um, and thinking about then the opportunity to go, you know, the first episode or the first, you know, interview, if it's just prof, prof ethic out doing interviews around ocean health and, and exploring, go and interview that oceanographer as the first one and then let's bounce up to the Billion Oyster Project in Hudson and then talk to Chelsea Marshall when you come out to Australia about oceans and health and look at the sea and then talk to the seaweed crew. You know, there's four beautiful segments for that of research and knowledge and you know whether that yeah i think that easily could potentially live in ethic tv or other things that we want to work on together but um yeah it's so beautiful and it's part of the design challenge isn't it like in this process because you can create a puppet you can have people working together but often with imaginative practice you actually need to restrict the frame to allow for growth and then when you can restrict the frame to be like okay well prof ethic is just working on a blog um, focused on the ocean, the health of the ocean, then suddenly you go through that restriction and you end up with four emergent like pathways within 10 seconds. It's amazing how the mind works when you restrict to create. Yeah, I love that. This is exciting. Jacqueline, that's crazy. It's a crazy, like, uh, oh, it's amazing. Well, we'll have to, um, well, well, I think ending on that is perfect. Well, let's swing back in, in six months' time once we, you know, we'll have this series up and running and um, we've got you know about three or four other really beautiful people that we're going to make a puppet from scratch with, um, so we can swing back with the podcast and check in on the life of Professor Ethic and and how they're moving through the world. And thank you both for the um, for picking up the notes. You know, there's that I think I quite quite a lot about that Ray Charles Charles line that he said to a mentor of mine that none of us own the notes. We're just lucky enough to hold them for a while before we pass them on. And I feel like from Vanessa's creative journey um, with making Professor Ethic and our work together and then the work that's come before it that helps inspire it and then Jacqueline having the other chance to, to bring Professor Ethic to life and, and then we back in with Ethic and us and just that it's all in movement it just feels so healthy so thank you for your lack of um, a restrictive frame around a process of imagination and, and emergence and yeah, the life that's set to come. I feel like we've, we've grounded the anchor points now and, and Prof Ethic is, has got some good custodians around them to some good mentors to help them.